development tonight in the case of a girl who was 11 years old when kidnapped back in 1991. Police now say they have found her and that she is alive. 29 years old, and the story they're telling is incredible. The abduction of J.C. Lee Dugard attracted national attention back then. Witnesses said two people drove up to her as she headed to a school bus stop near her home in South Lake Tahoe, grabbed her and drove off. And since then, nothing. No trace of her, not one sighting. That is until reports came in this week that this man, Philip Gerardo, was acting strangely on the campus of University of California at Berkeley. Gerardo's an ex-con who served time for rape. He is not allowed to be near children, but he was reportedly with two young kids at the time. So when police questioned him about it, they say all of a sudden he made an unexpected confession that not only had he kidnapped J.C. Lee Dugard all those years ago, but that the children he was with were hers. Original kidnapping. Living together with the woman they allegedly kidnapped when she was just 11. And the guy fathered two children. FBI agents helping local police search through that house, a compound as they describe it, from which they say the suspect, Gerardo, and his wife Nancy allegedly hid Dugard from the rest of the world. Tonight they're facing the possibility of kidnapping charges and sex crimes. Claudia Cowan's following this one from, from the very beginning. Where is Dugard tonight and do we know how she's doing? She was held captive um, unwillingly. She, she was a slave for 18 years. For 18 years. She was held captive to that guy. You know what's sad about all that is this fact. There are some of you who are sitting in here tonight and you are willingly being held captive and you don't even realize it. You are willingly a slave and you don't even realize it. There are some of you who are here tonight that day after day after day you make these crazy decisions and you put your life in jeopardy and you live for something that, that you think is so great and it's really not that great at all. Some people, some people they, they become a slave, they become held captive with drugs. Some people become held captive with alcohol. But, but there's other things other than those two key things that we're going to talk about tonight that, that holds you captive or can hold you captive. There's an awesome verse, Colossians 2.8. Maddie read it. I want to read it again. And thank you, Maddie. Your testimony was awesome. Thank you. Colossians 2.8 says, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition based on the spiritual forces of the world and not based on Christ. There's two parts to that verse. It says, don't be held captive basically by the lies of the world. Don't be held captive by anything that is not of Christ. And so essentially, this verse is saying, the battle line has been drawn. The war is ongoing. 
There is a war that is going on all around you and it's happening every single day and it's very real and it's going on and it's happening for your life. It is happening for your mind, complete and total control of you. And if you believe in the philosophies and the human traditions of this world, then you're on the side of the world. But if you are a Christian and you are living every single day and you are held captive by the word of God, you are held captive by Christ Jesus, then you are on his side. There is no in-between. There is no middle line. You are either one or you are the other. And it's a war between good and evil. And so tonight, we are going to ask the question, which side are you on? Who holds you captive? Satan or God? Check out this video clip real quick. All is the nothingness that awaits you and your master. Do you not know death when you see it, old man? This is my power. We stop it right there. The battle line is drawn. The battle's about to take place. It's time to make a decision. Which side are you on? The good or the bad? Colossians 2.8, there are two parts to the verse that describes what you are being held captive by. The first thing that I want you to see tonight is this. You are either being held captive by Satan himself, or you are held captive by Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 16 says this. Do you not know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one you obey, either of sin leading to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness? You are either a slave of Satan, a slave to this world. You either do everything that this world tells you to do, or you do everything that God tells you to do. Either way, you are obedient. You are held captive on one side or the other. And believe me, there's one side that is a lot better to be captive on than the other. It is as simple as this. You either make decisions based on what is right, or you make decisions based on what is wrong. You either live to obey God or you live to obey Satan. Either you are living your life sold as a slave to sin or or living for the Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, there is no middle ground. You are either being held captive by Satan 
Are you being held captive by Jesus? And tonight, I'm going to show you a couple of things that will happen to you if you are being held captive by Satan, and a couple of things that will happen if you are being held captive by Christ. And then you have to decide which side you're on. If you, number one, number two is this, if you are held captive by Satan, then you are held captive by lies. If you are held captive by Satan, you are held captive by lies. John 8, says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of liars. If you live for the world, you live for a lie. You live for something that cannot get you what it promises you. The world cannot bring you the happiness that you think it can bring you. Drugs will never bring you the happiness that you think they can bring you. Money, physical things, material things, it'll never bring you the happiness that you think it can bring you. Satan is the ultimate liar, and he uses his demons. He uses those other people who are sold out to him to lie to you. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says this, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow, follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences has, have been seared as with a hot iron. 2 Timothy 3.13 says, Evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Satan will lie to you. His demons will lie to you. People outside of the word of God, people who really don't care about you at all, they will lie to you. Some of the things that Satan is lying to you about, he will lie to you and tell you that you are in control of your own destiny. John 3, 27 says, a man can do nothing except it be given him from heaven. You can't do anything without God. If you think that you control your destiny, more than likely what you're going to do is you're going you're to try to do things on your own and you're really going to mess it up. And you're going to find yourself in a situation that uh, you're in a lot of trouble. Proverbs 16 verse 1 says, we can make our plans, but the out final outcome is in God's hands. When I was young, I tried to do things my own way. I used to have a shirt that said, I do what I want, when I want. And that's the way a lot of people like to live. My dad, my wife, my mom, my dad, they will all tell you, I am so stubborn. I want to do things my own way. There are many instances Many instances in my life where had I just listened to what somebody else was trying to get me to understand, 
I never would have found myself in the situations that I found myself in. Small, simple things. Like one time, one time I was fly fishing with my dad. I love to fly fish. We, we go to the river every chance we get. We used to when I lived with him. But anyway, we love fly fishing together. And one afternoon, this storm was coming up. My dad, we couldn't see. We were standing, we were waiting in the river. And my dad said, you need to go check those clouds. I said, all right. So I turned and started up the bank. And he was like, Ryan, if you go, if you go about a half, half a block down and take a right, you'll be on the trail. You can go right up to it. And I was like, nah, dad, I can get there quicker. He, no, go down and take, and I said, nah, Bob, I'm going up through here. He's like, fine. So when I started up the bank, it went nothing but thorns. Went nothing but briars. And I got midway into it and I thought, I should have listened to him. Because now here I am getting my arms all ripped up. See, that can happen to you in life. If you don't listen to people, if you don't listen to godly people, if you listen to the lies of the world, if you listen to people who are not... uh, looking out for your best interest. Sometimes you will take a path that you think is the right path and you're going to end up getting tore up with thorns and thistles of life. It's really going to mess you up. My dad had to come and help me get out of there. And here I was, 27 years old, and my father's getting me out of a bar batch. I was a little embarrassed. Luckily, well, there was a girl there, but I'm not allowed to talk about her. Um, eventually you'll have to cry out for help when you should have just listened in the first place to the right people another lie that Satan tells you is that there are many ways to get to God boy this is a, this is a big one now it's a big one now Right? Muslims in Islam, they tell you, hey, Allah is the same God that you worship. And, and you live by the structure of Islam, you will get to heaven. Mormons, you live by the structure of the Mormon faith, you will get to heaven. But in John 14, 6, Jesus says that nobody can enter his kingdom except through him. Nothing else can get you into heaven. Nothing else can help you attain salvation. Except Jesus Christ, because he was the sacrifice. He bought you. He owns you. And that is the only way, by confessing that he owns you, that he died for you. That is the only way you can get to heaven. Muhammad will not get you into heaven. Buddha will not get you into heaven. Another lie that Satan tries to tell you is that happiness comes from the good of life. He says that we need good times and good friends and good food in order to enjoy life. But the truth is that God God is the only happiness you need. You do not need money. Satan tries to tell you that money will bring you happiness. Matter of fact, 1 Timothy 6 says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money can overtake the good in anybody, and it can make them raunchy. 
Satan lies and says that physical attractiveness will bring you happy. Hey, if you just look this way, you will be so happy. You think your nose is a little too high? Go to the doctor, get it dropped down, right? I mean, sadly, sadly, think about Michael Jackson for a moment. The guy was not a bad-looking kid, okay? But yet, as he grew up, for some reason, there was something about his physical self that he did not like because he bleached his skin, he, he changed his whole appearance. He changed his face and everything, and yet he died from drugs. He never found that happiness that he thought changing his appearance could bring him. It was a lie the whole time. Another lie that Satan says is that sex after, before marriage is okay. 1 Corinthians Six, Paul says that no other sin affects the body as this one does. When you give in and you give yourself over to somebody before you're married, basically you are taking God's temple and you are destroying it. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says that this is the will of God, that you abstain from sex outside of marriage. It's not going to make you feel better about yourself sleeping around with all these girls, fellas, or trying to. Ladies, it's not going to make you feel better about yourself just because he wants to. Because he tells you that he loves you. You're still going to wake up the next day. You're still going to look in that mirror and you're probably not going to like what you see. And the sad thing is, is you're not going to like it even more than you did the night before you did this. It is all a lie. It is all one of Satan's lies to bring you down. He knows he can't win this war. So what he's trying to do is take as many of God's children with him as he possibly can. He wants you to believe that discipline is outdated. He wants you to think, like I said, that you can just do whatever you want. He wants you to think that you have no rules to live by. He wants you to believe that rebellion is a way of life. Don't, don't do that. Don't do what your mom and dad tell you to do now. You do the opposite. That's okay. You watch television shows now, and most of them, mom and dad are usually wrong, and the child is usually right. And that's so backwards. There is, these are all lies. Without discipline, chaos will run rampant. If everyone rebelled, anarchy would rule. Your parents love you, and they're just looking to protect you from harm and the evils in this world. So don't allow Satan to lie to you. Don't allow him to deceive you into thinking that every way outside of God's way is better. It is not. The third thing that I want you to see is that if you are held captive by Christ, you are held captive by the truth. If you are held captive by Christ, you are held captive by the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In John 8, 31 through 32, he says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
And here's the truth. It does not benefit you in any way to live outside of Christ's teachings. Romans 6, 21 says, What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? If you live outside of God's teachings and you do all these bad things, what does it benefit you? What good does it do for you to live inside of Satan's laws and Satan's ways and going by his lies? Can you not see that life outside of Christ and his teaching is a life that is doomed for disaster? I have an uncle. He is six foot five. He weighs 275 pounds. He's a big old boy. And, and growing up, because he was so big, I was scared of him. But, but I, I loved him. I love him so much. He's, 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 uh, he's seven years older than me. We, we hunted together. We fished together. He's taught me how to arrowhead hunt. I mean, there's so much stuff that my uncle and I used to do. And, and my uncle was raised in a Christian home by a Christian mom. The same mom that my grandmother who raised my mom. And yet my uncle thinks that living outside of God's law is the right way to go. It's the right thing to do. Well, let me tell you what living outside of God's law has done for him. Monday night at 9.30, he was sitting in jail in Cobb County, Georgia, because he got pulled over for drinking uh, while driving. And he had a nickel bag under his seat. Yeah, buddy. He's now facing prison time, probably, because several weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, he tried to kill himself. Took a shotgun and he went down and he tried to kill himself. Why? Because his life is a disaster. Here he is, 41 years old. He has no home because he lost it to bankruptcy. His only daughter will not speak to him because she thinks he abandoned her. What a life, man. So he decided to take a shotgun to try and kill himself. At first, he tried to hang himself with a hanger. The 6'5", I call him the Jolly Green Giant, he tried to hang himself with a hanger, and when he dropped, his feet hit the floor. Actually, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall. But his life is screwed up, man. And I went and I sat and I talked to him and I, I tried in a loving way to tell him that. But he didn't listen. What good does it do you to live outside of God's word? First Peter, I'm sorry, God offers you inside of Christ's teachings, you will find peace. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Jesus says, I'm not going to give you what the world gives you. I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you peace. It'll be a peace of mind knowing that, that he is with you. He is on your side. And, and it's, it's a peace that can only be understood when you have that relationship with Christ. It's a peace that can only be understood when you're walking daily with him. It's a peace knowing that, that every decision that you make, that you try your best to make it with Christ in mind first. 
He, he, he tells you in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus says, I will meet all of your needs. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you everything that you want. He doesn't say, okay, I'm Santa Claus. Pray to me and I'll give you whatever you want. And then when you don't get it, you can get mad at me. No, he says, I will give you everything that you need. That means that he will give you clothes because you need them. For us, he, for some, he will give you a roof over your head. Do you realize that if you have $2 in your back pocket and food in your refrigerator, that you're richer than 75% of the world? He will give you what you need. He will give you real friendships. He will bring people and surround you with people because you'll be smarter and wiser in choosing your friends. And so he'll place people around you that actually care about you. They don't want to see any harm brought to you, so they care about you. He'll bring you pure relationships. He will, he will bring you together, a guy and a girl. He will put you together with that right guy and that right girl. One that's not looking just to, just to put another notch on his belt. But one that's actually going to love you the way that Christ loves his church. He will bring you a happiness. Man, I, I wake up every day looking forward to the day. Because, because I'm so happy with my life. Now, have there been times in my life where I haven't been happy? Yes. There have been time, times in my life where I, I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to get out of the bed. But it was because I, I was so far outside of God's uh, law. His, I was so far outside of his will. I was working in a dead-end job, man. I wasn't going anywhere with my life. I was 25, 24 years old, 25 years old, and living at home with my mom and dad. You ever seen that movie, Failure to Launch, with uh, Matthew McConaughey and that other chick? Yeah, that was me. I didn't want to leave mom and dad's. Now, my mom didn't still clean my room. But she did do my laundry. But that doesn't bring you happiness. When you are motivated to do something, when you are giving a motivation to, to succeed and to fulfill because you realize that there's something great for you to do, man, that will fuel you and you will have a passion unlike you've ever experienced before. And the only way you will ever find that fuel, that passion, is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Fourth thing that I want you to see is if you're held captive by Satan, you are held captive to eternal death. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. If Satan and his lies rule over you, then when the war is all said and done, you will join him. You will join him in his final resting place. Revelation 20 verse 10 and 15 says this, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. 
And verse 15 says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of the life, book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There is no way possible for us as human beings to wrap our minds around this idea of eternity. We, we are held bound by time. To us, there is a beginning and there's an ending to everything. But outside of the realm of this earth, outside of the realms of this universe, in a, in a completely different place, time does not exist. And God is not bound by time. And so you think for a moment about eternity. And you try to wrap your mind around eternity. And then you think about being eternally separated from your creator. Eternally separated. Having been tossed aside into a lake of fire. And then you tell me if living and making some of the decisions that you make on a daily basis is still worth it. Too many of you think in a momentary mindset. You live for the now. You've got to start living for Christ and thinking about your future. Because living for the moment will do nothing but mess you up. Matthew 13, 49 and 50 says, This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into a fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is temporary. Heaven and hell is eternal. The fifth and final thing that I want you to see is this. If you are held captive by Christ, you are held captive to eternal life. If you are held captive by Christ, you are held captive to eternal life. Romans 6.22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Mark 16.16 says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. John 17.3, it says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. First, Corinthians, uh, First John five thirteen. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you are on Christ's side, you are guaranteed eternal life with Him in heaven. If you are on Satan's side, you guys just happened to sit on the left, I'm sorry. If you are on Satan's side, you're choosing hell. God's not choosing it for you. I'm not choosing it for you. You're choosing it. A wealthy man and his son, they love to collect Rare works of art. They had everything in their collection, from Picasso to Raphael. They would often sit together and admire these great works of art. When the Vietnam War broke out, the son, he went off to war. He was very courageous, and he died in battle while rescuing another soldier. The father was notified and grieved deeply for his only son. 
About a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at the door. A young man stood at the door with a large package in his hand. And he said, sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier for whom your son gave his life. He saved many lives that day. And he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart and he died instantly. He often talked about you and y'all's love of art. The young man held out his package. I know this ain't much. I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opened the package, and it was a portrait of his son, painted by this young man. He stared in awe at the way the soldier had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was so drawn to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man and offered to pay him for the picture. Oh, no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father hung the portrait on his mantle. And every time visitors came to his home, he took them to see the portrait of his son before he showed him any of the other great works that he had collected. The man died a few months later. There was to be a great auction of his paintings. Many influential people gathered, excited over seeing the great paintings and having an opportunity to purchase one for their collection. On the platform sat the painting of the sun. The auctioneer pounded his gavel. We will start the bidding with this picture of the sun. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, we want the famous paintings, skip to those. But the auctioneer persisted, will someone bid for this painting? Who will start the bidding at $100, $200? Another voice shouted angrily, we didn't come to see that painting. We came to see the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. But still the auctioneer continued, the sun, the sun, who will take the sun? Finally, a voice came from the very back of the room. It was the longtime gardener of the man and his son. I'll give $10 for the painting. Being a poor man, it was all that he could afford. We have $10. Who will bid 20? Give it to him for 10. Let's see the others. $10 is the bid. The crowd was becoming angry. They didn't want the picture of the son. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collections. The auctioneer paneled the gavel, going once, going twice, sold for $10. A man sitting on the second row shouted, now let's get on with the collection. The auctioneer laid down the gavel. I'm sorry, the auction is over. What about the paintings? I'm sorry. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought the painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings. The man who took the sun gets everything. God gave his son 2,000 years ago to die on a terrible cross. Much like the auctioneer, the message today is this. Who will take the sun? If you are on this side, if you are on the side of Satan, 
And the battle line has been drawn. You still have time to change sides. The war will end. The war will end. And the good, they will win when it's all said and done. Show the last clip.
They thought they had the mighty army, but in the end, they were overpowered and overwhelmed. And that's exactly what will happen when it's all said and done. Christ will defeat Satan. Which side will you be on? Are you held captive by Satan or are you held captive by Christ? We're going to do some worship, a couple of songs. During that time, if any of you desire to come up here and pray, this place is open for you as the band comes. You guys, just quietly come up here and pray. If you want to talk to somebody, I'll be standing up here at the front. There's adults scattered around the room. Just grab one of us and take us outside, and we are more than willing to talk to you. Whatever you guys need. But you've got to ask yourself, what's holding you captive? Satan? Or are you held captive by the love of Christ? Christ?